I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use. Again, shame on you. This is Sports 360. Hello everybody once again. Welcome to Sports 360 Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us this week. As always, every Thursday you can download and listen to Sports 360 Podcast on all your audio media channels. Uh, all the very, very popular ones. Many thanks for joining us once again. Sports 360 Pod on Instagram is where we are. And Sports 360 Pod on Twitter is where we are as well. All right, we have three interesting topics today. Two of them have to do with legends of the sport. And one of them, for one of them, we have a guest in the house. I'll introduce him much later. But as always, Yemi Adesoya is here with me. But you're going to join us via Skype. And we start with... um a local topic, and let me just make this caveat. What we're about to discuss has nothing to do with the personality, has nothing to do personally with the person we are going to mention. Um, nothing against him, but the situation is just symptomatic of a few things that some of us in the media tend to do, and those things do not work on the long run. It's not for the benefit of the greater good, and is like try to discourage us from pushing individual or personal agendas when it comes to our football. We call it the Okoye Inquest. And it's got to do with the uh, Super Eagles goalkeeper Maduka Okoye and all the fallout from the Nations Cup and all of that. Let me state this clearly. We believe, I believe in the adage, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And that's fine. But where that is not fine is when we become selective about it. Um, the last Nations Cup, we were not so accommodating of a certain goalkeeper called Daniel Akpey, who made a mistake, considered a free kick, and I think he was banished from the national team for probably a couple of years before he get, got his place back. Now, where am I going? I personally felt at the time Maduka Okoye got into the national team, it was a media narrative pushed by certain people. That's what got him there. I personally didn't think it was earned. And I also personally felt that he was given continuous opportunities to try and prove himself and stake his claim to the national team, as was other players in the team. Like I said, he's just symptomatic of the situation. So, buddy, um, when that happens, um, and after that, sections of the media trying very hard to shield him from uh, criticism. Criticism comes with the territory. Now, also let me make this clear. We are not referring to the social media idiots who were threatening and cursing and saying, that's all we're talking about. But fair criticism, reasonable criticism has to be taken on board. Because it comes with the territory. So, buddy, what do you say to the view that says the media, while the media can, you know, suggest names, we should not be in a position to be pushing and actively using our connections and influence to get players into the nationality. Because whether guys want to accept it or not, that's what happened in this case. The, 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 the truth is that across all our national teams, um, both the age group and the senior teams, both uh, the men and the women teams, 
there is always uh, there there are always um, certain players that are suggested and actively uh, 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 and actively are sponsored by some people in the media, not only in the media, um, also some in power, I mean political power, as you have seen in the past, and some even within the NFF itself. Now, here is the thing. Because of the way Nigeria is, you know that there will always be certain people that are national team based on different things. There's a time that, um, uh, that, that a quota system was put in place where it was made clear that all the tribes in the country must be represented in the national team. And whether a player is good enough or not, if it's from a certain part of the country and there are not enough people from that side, the agenda is that the person must be in the national team. But you and I know that whether it is a, is a, is a, is a quota, whether it's a quota system or, or agendas, in the end, it does not go well for whichever team uh, um, such influences are allowed to go and grow. Remember, someone making an analogy of the team that won Nigeria's first ever global honor, the 1985 um, Golden Eagles. If I'm not wrong, more than 60 or 70 percent of that team were from a particular area. Yeah, and there was nothing at that time um, by any by anybody because of the way Nigeria was at that time. I mean, I think that was under military rule, and, and at that time the, the 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 tribal agenda or the regional agenda wasn't as strong as we had we had it in later years before um. Uh, before that was finally pushed aside for for merit, before this other agenda now crept in. Nobody mentioned where they were from. All of us just enjoyed the victory of that team. Now, to Okuye, the thing about, about Okuye was that, look, it was clear at that time, like Reggie mentioned, that there was a desperation to force this young man on the scene. Like you said, I, I agree with what you said, and let us be clear about it. This has something to do with him. It's just an extension of this, uh, um, of the discussion that you should let the cultural team be on merit. As difficult as that may be, some will argue that, you know, that even, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, that is, even in the, in, in the places where had merit is, is yastic, sometimes agendas come in. And the dream team the first, the, the first American basketball dream team come, comes, uh, comes to, comes to mind. Christian Lackner was a, was a college student. That was a quota system because, the, because it was determined that it, it was said that the best college student must be in the team to represent that side. And then there's also the Michael agenda. If you remember. Yeah. That left Sir Thomas out of the team. And that, <laughs> that, that, that discussion, that argument up till today, yeah. it still comes up in the American media. So, some, some may argue that, look, it happens anyway, which is true. It does happen. But when it is militant and irritating, and it's not only Okoye that has been the subject of this, let's yeah. also be that. Also other, other, some other players have also been pushed into the national team, of course. The Nigerian team that closed the 2002, uh, 2002 or 2000 Nations Cup final in Lagos, certain players were in that team based on personal agendas of some people, too. Yeah. yeah. The truth is that. When we do this, we harm ourselves. Because if you see, here we are now. I also agree with you again that we, we win and lose as a team. Because once a person becomes integrated, integrated into the team, no matter how you feel, you just have to support the team. Don't single people out. 
And this is where I, I, I this is why I drew the line after the loss of Tunisia at the Nations Cup. For the social media idiots, like Reddit called them, who went after the young man and started calling him all sorts of, all sorts of names and, 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 and posting stuff about him. It's wrong. It was a team effort. Because yes, okay, consider the goal. Why couldn't we score a one or two? Because we have seen instances where we are the greatest goalkeepers in the world, make mistakes. But at the end of the day, you, you, you get the win and you move on. So for me, although DG, you, you and I know that no matter how much we, we, have, we have been pushing narratives of fairness across all our platforms, but yet it's like people just turn a turn deaf ear to it. It does not help anybody. We have a World Cup a qualifier coming up in the nearest future. How do you, how do you, as a coach or as a psychologist, if there is one, how do you mend the damage that this this senseless dragging will cause to the team, talk less of the individual? You know, we, we can talk about Okoye and, and the right or wrong of of, of, uh, of of his selection or of, of the for, for a long time, but the truth is that. It is not what to do before, it's what to do after something has happened. Mm. And Nami, I'm appealing to Nigerians again, like you have done. Let us forget all these agendas and just work to get the best we can for our teams as Nigerians. Thank you very much, buddy. You made a mention of what? Fairness. And, you know, like I said again, I'll continue to repeat this because some my, people might misconstrue this, but we're just using Maduka Okoye as symptomatic of this problem. It has nothing personal to do. I will say this as many times as possible. You know, but, you know, we learn from a lot of things and we, we cannot have double standards. We never learn. Yeah? We oh, well, maybe as you say, we should learn from this kind of thing. We never should have double standards. You know, my, my, and it's good, it's on record. All our programs are recorded. All our podcasts are there. Some of the things we've said, we have been saying this consistently before now. I remember us saying that when, the gentleman was drafted into the national team. I remember I was saying that where he was at that time, I did not think he should have been drafted straight to the national team. And I remember people saying then that we didn't have uh, goalkeepers. And I remember also saying that you cannot tell me that 20 teams in the MPFL, 20 goalkeepers and 20 substitutes, that's like 40 goalkeepers, you can't find one person that deserves a call-up. So while some people were pushing agendas, there are others who are feeling like there are players in this league. It brings us to the situation, the way we deride and downgrade everything Nigerian, everything local to the detriment of anything. Because my position then, again, nothing personal was, how can somebody who is in the fourth tier of German football be the best goalkeeper we can come up with? You know, so we're saying this for us to learn. Let's be fair. Don't let's be pushing personal agendas because I know like Bode rightly said there are two or three players who this who got to this team via this route yeah and we can't continue Yemi yes we can't continue that way you know it's, uh, every time we have this conversation one example that you always make comes to mind uh, when you deride the home base players yeah and you know tag them as useless not good enough they are not among the best set of players we have. Uh, they can't lace the shoes of the foreign base players. Mm. Uh, or, or another comment some journalists will make and say, uh, they, they will jump at the opportunity of playing the fourth tier mm. in Germany. Mm. 
or the FOTA is better than the MPFL, and all, all that, you know, uh, nonsense. It always takes me back to what you always say, that, oh, so that means that you, as a journalist, are mm. saying that you are inferior to, to the, any journalist that is based or reports the beats from abroad. From abroad. And they'll say no, and then they'll, and they'll, they'll say, say no. no. And then they go all over, all up, up in arms and argue with you. Some of you tell the doctor, say, say, if the doctor makes that comment, say, okay, so as a doctor based in Nigeria, you are inferior to the doctor based in the US or in Europe. And they go all up and say, no, 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 no. Why would you say that? But it's the same thing, you know? So we need to get to a point where merit has to continue to be the order of the day. Yeah. I look at that squad and I can mention players that I do think that over time they haven't merited their place in the Super League. Yeah. Because one, their club form, form, form had dwindled, they had lost their place, they're not contributing enough, but it just always seems that every time we put out a team list for the Super League, they always seem to make it onto the list, even though their performances is uh, nothing to wear out. Meanwhile, the other guys playing across Europe were doing pretty well. Who deserve the chance. Who deserve an opportunity, but because they don't have the eye of the media or, well, let me know, this is something that came to my mind. They don't have the eye of the media or they don't have godfathers media in the administration or they don't have media agents pushing their case. Pushing their case so they don't get a chance. They don't get an opportunity. That has to change. And that's why I said that I don't think we learn because this thing has been happening for years. I always say, I always used to say when Gerard releases his 23 man is that, you know, we could comfortably copy and paste it. Yeah. You know, the only player he dropped one time was Hianacho because Hianacho's form deep. deep. And that's the only player I can think of think that Gerard yeah. dropped. And of course, uh, David Akpei, who was scapegoated. For our loss to Algeria, I think he was dropped for almost two years yeah. before he got back into the team. And that brings me to this issue of double standards. You know, again, nothing personal. But all of us, all of those people defending Madoka Okoye now, and like we said, you win and lose as a team. If it was a local goalkeeper <laughs> that made that mistake, we would not be saying the same thing. And th- that's where I worry. If it was a local goalkeeper that made the same mistake, these guys, none of them, to my to, to my record, when David Akpei was dropped for a mistake, nobody came out in his defense. Yeah. I can't recall anybody coming out and saying, oh, why are you dropping David Akpei? In fact, people felt like he should have been dropped. So we can't have double standards. Because at the end of the day, we are killing ourselves as a team. Because that was what the question, but it was, is this. One, imagine it was a local goalkeeper that was drafted team that made that error. And two, why the double standards? I, I can't recall anybody coming to David Akpei's defense when he was dropped for an error in 2019 against Algeria. Okay, all right. Um, because I, 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 because I remember we also had this conversation team efforts. This exact same thing we are seeing now for uh for for this for the current it's not just an aside. No, we said it, yes, I remember we said that. 
Yes, we did. Uh, but you know, but, but uh, the, the thing is that, like, 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 like you said, look, in this same, I can guarantee you that eighty percent or ninety percent of these same people who are dragging Okoye now were the ones who said stuff about me. I can guarantee you that. Now, where I worry is that this agenda of one section better than the other. I pushed a speech that people who should know better. We 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 have a technical committee. We have a technical committee in the NFL whose job is who are supposed to monitor everything that concerns players. That officials are supposed to ensure that when you get to the national team, all of us are supposed to be equal, and we should have a coach. That will make all the players feel comfortable when they arrive as a group. That the IT, you know, remember we had a player who came on, on, on who came, who came on here on the radio station, uh, and 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 claimed that the coach doesn't even talk to some of the players who are selected from home team from team play Nigeria. Yeah. Do you remember? Yes. Mm. So for me, sometimes when players selected from Nigeria makes a mistake on the field of play. It's a build-up of the mental torture they have suffered while in capacitation they feel or they, or they are feeling at that time to produce something to impress people. And in the, the moment these guys get to, into the camp and they are made to feel they are like second-class citizens or they are made to feel that they are being done in favor, the pressure starts building. And there is no way anybody can give their optimum under that kind of pressure. What I'm saying is that, look, those on the outside, whether fans or media, who chase agendas and who, 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 who exacerbate agendas, they are just the, the tip of it. And the base of it are those who perpetuate these agendas that we give when we are not seeing what they are doing. Because, hey, if I say that, man, when you go to the training and you, and you watch them running around together, you feel that all is well. But when there's nobody there and the players is out, the coach doesn't even talk to us. Already there's, there's segregation for the Nigerians and non-Nigerians in coach. <laughs> and the think we should address all of this. When that young man said that thing on radio, I felt that there should have been a seismic shift in the media. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have been, it, it, was, it was that thing was kind about you. We just love, we close right to love the right. And no, but not one person from the NFF made a statement about that about that, about that accusation. And for me, it is it is much more bigger than we are making it to be. Yeah. If Nigerians enter the get uh, get called international team from anywhere, and some are some some, some are going to feel less than that is why. Someone from Division Z, from Albania, can 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 claim a shirt because they are meant to feel like they are kings and queens. Mm. That's the truth. And so, why 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 we point at the social media idiots and the and, and some in the media who are not so let me not say the word. Let us also focus on those who perpetrated this agenda and the, and the come smiling yeah. and 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 making speeches in dressing. When the team has, I'm still looking at the cost, cost of victory. 
Okay, buddy. Um, we'll round this up now. I mean, final question on this topic is that buddy just alluded to it as well. You know, it's a dangerous thing to make a certain section of Nigerian footballers, namely the MPFL players, feel they are simply not good enough or feel they don't deserve a chance or feel you should everybody, just as the Nigerians in diaspora, have every right. The Okoyes, the um, Trust Ekongs, the Leon Balogons, just as they have every right to be called up to national because they are Nigerians, whether you like it or not, based on performance, home-based guys to have every right. We should not make anybody feel like we're doing you a favor. Yeah. Or, I mean, you, you are really not good enough. That, you know, Nigerians are Nigerians, whether MPFL, whether uh, EPL. So, once they get called up, they deserve our respect and our support. And not that MPFL player comes in and makes a mistake and um, or an African-based player makes a mistake and it's all nice and it's, we go crazy about it. We need to be fair. We need to get the best for our football and we need to... We will, have, we will always have our own preferences, no doubt, about in terms of players. But if the coach picks a particular player, we need to support that player. So, as rounded up going forward, what do you think? Especially with match in mind. Two things distinguish um, a local best player and a foreign best player. One is uh, access to better facilities mm. and the other is opportunity. Opportunity to play in a bigger league on a global scale, mm. bigger audience. But talent is what unifies them. Talent in playing the sport. Yeah, and you and I was no, you and I know that. Well, talent is never enough, but there is there is enough talent here. What I have always soldiered for is give everybody a level playing field. Mm. Give everybody a level playing field. So if you are making a twenty-three man list, you can't tell me you can't pick one or two guys from here. Yeah, and mm-hmm. when they when they all come to training, make it open. Yeah. One of the boldest things, even though we not many people liked his reign as Super Eagles mm. coach, was Sunday Lise when he dropped Mikel Obi for, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, midfielder that played for Sunshine. Yeah. I don't know if remember the guy's name. Ah! He dropped him in the, in the Nations Cup qualifier and the guy played in central midfield and it was excellent that, yeah, I can't remember the guy's name. So you need to create that level playing field. Okay. Just create that level playing field where I come to camp mm. and I'm able to train. Yeah. Train on the same level, train in my right position, be played in my right position. Not that I'm an afterthought. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, we ended there. Um, we want to state clearly here that we wish Maduka Okoye all the best for the future. We, we wish him well as long as he continues to keep for the Spygoons. If the coach Whatever, whoever the coach is, picks him. If he makes him number one, that's the coach's prerogative. If he decides to drop him, but we wish him the very best. You, you learn a lot more from your mistakes and we wish him all the best for the future with the Super Eagles. I wish all the other players the best for the Super Eagles. What we're saying here is this. And let those of us in the media stop pushing agendas. We can highlight players we feel deserve to be called up. But let's leave the coaches. Let's try, let's stop this trying to influence and trying to push. And even when these players don't do well, don't let us be the ones to jump to their defense. 
Criticism comes with the territory. Like I said, take away the social media idiots. Proper uh, critical criticism comes with the territory. And if you cannot take the heat, I mean, don't right, sit in the kitchen. kitchen. It's as simple <laughs> as that. No, well, somebody who definitely can't take the heat, somebody who definitely has taken a lot of heat on the court is Rafael the Dar. He is now the all-time, well, you can call him the all-time GOAT because he, uh-huh. has, to, he has 21 Grand Slams more than anybody else. But uh, Rafael Nadal's triumph in Melbourne is a testament to his physical durability and mental toughness because which has always been the hallmark of his career. This was a gentleman who, a few short months ago, nearly retired from the sports because of injuries. What do you make of his performance, especially that final where he came back from two sets down? What an epic, epic performance. In the first of conversation to Rafael Nadal, um, I'm a huge Federal fan. Hmm. And then when Nadal first started uh, amassing Grand Slams, of course, uh, because he was, uh, it was, it was mostly dominant on clay. I felt um, that he, 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 he didn't deserve all the, all, all the applause he was getting. And I predicted that he would burn out because the way he plays, it was clear that we get a lot of injuries. And when he got here, I said, yeah, he's never going to like recover from this. He has not only come back from, made a return from those injuries, he has gone on to record the most grand slam titles ever by any, by, uh, by any individual. Now, for me, like you said, the fact that he, said he, he, he was able to keep go- he's able to keep going, the testament is mental strength. The fact that he could come back so many times because I, I can't I can't maybe have, maybe at, at some point you look at the number of grand slam finals that he had been two steps down and he had, he had battled his way back. What I will not join people uh, in doing is naming him the greatest of all time based solely on the accounts of the number of grand slam titles he had won. Um, I, you know, the, the, I remember that in in, in in football or soccer, some people call it. We refrain from calling either either uh, 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 Messi or Ronaldo the greatest of all time, based on the amount of um, titles or Ballon d'Or they won, because we enjoy the craft of these two men. Yeah. Why can't they stand side by side? Uh, I, I feel that anybody who had watched great tennis players. Over time, you know, to tell you that all of them were unique in their different ways. Mm. I like the effortless in which Federer seems to play tennis. Now, I admire the ruggedness of Nadal. I like the fighting spirits of Djokovic. And Sampras was pure class when he was playing. I could go on and on about all these guys and the qualities they brought to the sport. And, so, and sometimes it is time and chance that happens. People yeah. that lead to them winning championships. For instance, I think no matter where this 21st Grand Slam is mentioned, some will say, oh, maybe it's because Djokovic didn't play. But Djokovic did not play for a reason. We are talking about that in our previous uh, podcast, and there, there are no guarantees. I think when Djokovic showed, showed up, that's what yeah. yeah. So, 
nothing to take away from what Nadal has done. And I feel that look, as much as I respect now, yeah, look, this and my respect a long time ago, after I won on all surfaces, um, uh, I, 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 I do believe that for, for everyone that has been a champion or that, that has won more than four or five Grand Slams, they have brought something to the sport that has seen the texture, that have helped the other person or the, new, the, the upcoming people to grow more, that have dropped, dropped something to the heart of the champion that we see tomorrow. I don't think any of us can see the future. Mm. Because this one is 14 or 13. Because, oh, this is it. Nobody could ever do it. But technology changes things. Yeah. Human re-engineering changes things. Yeah. Because the food we eat, those we use. So who knows? Maybe a young man come up and clear 21 in 4 or 5 years. And then go to win 40. No. no. You will be here, we will not be alive to see it. But this greatest of all time tag, I think we should drop it. But kudos to Nadal. Right now, we stand head and shoulders above, above others in the, the, the amount of grand slams he has won. And like Rafi said, the testament to everything that, that makes him what he is his resilience, his recovery, and his determination. And for that, we celebrate him. All right, buddy. Um, but they alluded to. You know, I've always said about when you come to comparisons, it's all about personal preferences. You know, um, a lot of people like Federer because of the grace and the effortlessness with which he plays. Other people like Nadal because of the grit and the guts and the determination that he plays with. Some prefer Djokovic because he seems to be a bit of both. He seems to have both in equal measure. So there will always be individual preferences. But one thing you have to say is these guys have driven each other to greater heights of performance. And I liked the tweet, tweet that came from uh, Roger Federer to congratulate Nadal, which was all shades of class. You know? So, Yemi, he's 121 now. Unexpectedly, it must be said, even he alluded to that. He's 35. Uh, Federer is 40. Not sure Federer can add one or two with the injury problems he has. Uh, Djokovic is 34. Not sure what situation with his non-vaccination status will bring in the future, at least for this year. So, and then the next the Grand Slam is on Nadal's surface. Clay. So, Yemi, what do you think? Is it like the odds are beginning to favor Nadal in this um, Grand Slam race? What do you think? Just like you, I'm not one that likes to compare. Yeah. Because errors are always different. Mm. Um, technology, like you said, changes a lot of things. Um, level of comp- competition also varies across respective generations. In my lifetime, I've never thought that anybody would, for any reason, be better than Pete Sampras. Yes, I watched Pete Sampras be live. I never thought there would be anything. And three people, three people. have come to outstrip him. You know, so I would never have thought that I would have over here with her. We have three guys. Um, for now, I think he, he probably took a, a, a leaf off Roger Federer's book, which is pacing themselves. Mm. Pacing themselves and picking competitions to go for. I think he's going to do a lot more of that this time around. 
to ensure that he's able to extend his career as much as possible and also be able to give himself an opportunity to win more uh, Grand Slam. So, with Clay being the next Grand Slam, he's going to pace himself. Don't be surprised if he doesn't play so many tournaments, tournaments, tournaments in the there. next two months. Probably go get a good rest, you know, mm-hmm. work on himself. And then you find him play maybe just one Clay tournament before Roland Garros, which is favorite, you know. If he goes there and he wins, that puts a bit of gap, gap mm. between himself and, and the rest. Now, the uncertainty between Federal, which is injury based, is a huge uncertainty. We don't know if he's going to come back or he's going to give another shot. That's one uncertainty. The uncertainty with Djokovic, based on all the travel shenanigans to Australia, how will other countries respond to mm-hmm. that? To his, deter- his uh, deportation and all that will go a long way in telling us how far Rafa can go. Now, of course, with the two guys I mentioned slipping out, it's a potential door opener for the Medvedes, the Tissis Passes, the Zerus and the likes to make that step up into the equation. Now, Will Canada win another Grand Slam this year? I think it's possible. And the best bet is obviously uh, Ronald Carlos. Yeah. It's very, very positive, possible if he keeps himself fit and fresh. Um, will the other two be able to do it? Well, with their current circumstances, it's going to be very hard for them to come back. So it's looking like Nadal will hold the title for the most Grand Slams. But I beg to differ in the conversation for greatest of all time. Mm, you beg to differ. I still, How? I, I still fight for Pissampras. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. It's a question of individual preferences. And I mean, you know, I, I, I remember watching Sampras at the US Open. I think it was the semifinal against Alex Correcha. Then 96 or 97. I can't remember the year now. And after watching that game, which he lost, he had, he was sick. He threw up on court. He won, I think he won with a second service ace. In tennis, a second service ace is crazy. You know, but having what that, I was like, no, there's no other guy who can touch this guy. And here we are 20 something years later. So, to what Buddy said, and Buddy, Buddy mentioned that we might be here, God sparing us another 20, 21 years. And one young boy has come yes. and has wiped the floor with these achievements of the Nadals and the Federals and the Sampresses and the uh, Djokovic's. So, buddy, what is it about the human spirit, which, well, I think sport epitomizes, that just makes us strive to be higher and better and faster, which, interestingly, those are that's the Olympic, Olympic motto. You know, it looks like sport just makes you want to be better than before, better than the previous. You know, we're talking about three players now who have bettered Sampras, who Yemi and I thought was the best thing ever. So who's to say, like you said, somebody won't come and put all these guys in the shade. And that is a testament to the human spirit always striving to be better and better and better. Look, across across all fields, I think um, uh the, the, the human the human beings just keep evolving. 
Yeah. Uh, the same way that we went from uh, from a from a land phone to a cell phone. Yeah. Huge computer, humongous computers to the microchip and all that. As long as technology keeps advancing, and also remember that the way the way nature is, we keep evolving, and and uh, and there is a, 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 a selection process in a, in nature keeps making us better, and that is why I feel that look, footballers are getting better, sports, sports, sports people are getting better, technology is getting better. Even the way we write keeps changing. Even language, language evolve. You know the, the things that 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 um, uh, the things that um, uh, we keep changing the way we present things to make it easier to assimilate and better to understand and all that. So for me, it's it's all, it's all about nature. It is it's a natural thing, and that's why I'm, I'm starting. That even as we speak, we don't know whether that that child has been born. That will eclipse or even explain that, but but hasn't been seen. Uh, I think it was the last, um, the last, the last person that won uh, uh, before the Australian Open. It was a wild, someone that that was was that, that was a, that was not even rank. That won the the, uh, the last female uh, women. Uh, Imara Ima Duka, Ima uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. Before before she won that Grand Slam, she was probably a name somewhere, someone at the back of someone's mind. Mm. So the same. Way, I, 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 I don't know how far that Lavkano will go. The same, same with the men. And as they said that, let's also credit those young men that's won a grand slam or two. Yeah. And these three, Djokovic, Fedra, were ruling. Because to get a grand slam from any of them required something extra special. Yeah, and they produced it at that, at that time. And the Murray? I'm able to do it again, you know. So for me, look, that is why we love sports. No matter how predictable we think it is, some stories just come up that just wow me. Uh, let, let me skip in something here. I'm still shocked at how, how well Gabi are playing. Gabi, that, Gabi that's, that has the population size of Oshodi. The way they are playing the Nations Cup. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> and Gambia that was coached by a man that wanted to coach Nigeria. Tom St. Fett, even though they are out now, they can go with their heads held high. Um, Yemi, how for how long can these guys go on? Um, they look like they are ageless because I, I was surprised, but um, you'll be surprised to see here that Nadal is only one year older than Djokovic. Djokovic appeared a bit more, a bit younger, but he's only one year, 34, 35 between them. Uh, Fedra is 40. The way they've kept themselves and the way Buddy mentioned Nadal had succumbed to injuries because I think because of the sheer force of the way he plays. Please, please. You know, but he's come back. And for him to have come back from these serious injuries that he considered retirement to win a grand slam, it does no mean fit. It shows that, like what they said, technology is probably helping them to recover, to keep their bodies and also, how long do you see maybe Nadal now going on for? Definitely, I don't think he can play up to 40. Mm. Like Federer is doing, but hey, maybe a few years yet. I think maybe just a year or maximum two years. The Salah time will always eventually call, and um, his body is already telling him. Mm. He's just probably, you know, like every typical, typical sportman thinking, I can still push myself more. 
I can still try to attain the very heights of the sport. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a year, maximum two years, mm-hmm. we virtually, virtually call it a day. Okay. So, but the final question here, uh, we know you are a Roger Federer fan. Um, out of these three, I like Djokovic because of the way he dragged himself to their level. Because at the early part of his career, it was obvious that Nadal and Federer were shades ahead of him, but the sheer will to drag himself to their level, I respected that. I love to respect Nadal because of the, I mean, yeah, because of the sheer grit and determination and force that he played with. So final question as we close this segment to you will be, do you think Nadal as a player, as he grows older and as his body takes all the beating, do you think he can evolve into a player that doesn't play with so much brute force? Or do you think that is him? And if he loses that aspect of his game, it won't be as effective. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely believe that. Um, Nadal builds his game on, on sheer force and brute strength. Um, although it was said that as, as much as you want to believe that, uh, there, there are times that there are shifts of elegance to his game. Let, 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 let us be clear about that. But I do think that um, uh, the, the, the former is his hallmark. And I, I don't think he can, he can change. That, that, that's really, that, that's really, that's really going to be. I do feel that once you, once you cross into your late 30s, just, just like as we have seen with Federer, nothing is given. You know, you try, you play well, but some, at the cost of it, something will go wrong. I'm not saying that that's, that's what's going to be his lot, but it is likely that that's what's, that's what's going to happen. And I want to see how well he hits up at the French Open. Yes, it is, that, that, that's, that's his territory. Yes, that's what, but I want to see how he holds up because trust me, it takes longer to recover as good as technology is. When you are nearing 40, Federer will tell you that, a lot of sportsmen will tell you that. He has won the Australian Open, and I wish we would win a couple more, just so we could, we could celebrate him more. But, um, uh, just like we felt Federer was indestructible, just like we felt that Ronaldo will score any time he gets on the, on, 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 the, on, on the shoulder of play. But I've seen that sometimes the spirit is moving, but the body will say, no mass, no mass. <laughs> I feel that for, for, uh, for, for Nadal, no mass is inevitably close. getting closer. No, like Mohamed exactly. Ali, Mohamed Ali said one time that um, you know there was a time in his career that um, he will see the punch before the punch comes. He has dodged the punch. He has ducked and dodged the punch. And he said there was a time in his career that he will see the punch coming. He knows he, he has to duck the punch, but he won't be able to move. And he said that's age. So Father Time catches up with everybody eventually. But what a career these guys have all given us at various times and at various levels. And so Nadal, 21st Grand Slam title. We wish him well for the future. Let's go to a man that has, that had a 22 year career and is a legend. If ever there was a greater word, um, a greater word, he would ha- we would mention that word in connection with this gentleman. For this segment, we are joined by Tosin. 
Adeniji. Tosi is our in-house NFL expert. Tosi drinks and sleeps and eats everything NFL. And we come to Tom Brady, who over the past few days uh, announced his retirement from the sports of football. I don't want to tell you the story of my first time in America and what football did to me when I thought football was our own soccer. Uh, uh, that's a story for another day. You know, and there's a, there, there's a number sequence that Tosin Saints that we use on our show, use part of it, but I, I, I'll run it now. Won 10 consecutive playoff games, took the New England Patriots to nine Super Bowl appearances, played in eight consecutive conference finals, won the Super Bowl seven times, was drafted number six in the round of 2000 NFL draft, won the Super Bowl MVP five times, won three Super Bowls in his first four years as starting quarterback, won the Super Bowl with two different teams, and arguably the greatest and the number one quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Uh, well, Tosin, every great career must come to an end. Must I'm sure as much as a lot of us will want Tom Brady to continue, he has called time. Can you just encapsulate for us the impact of Tom Brady in the NFL and indeed in all of American sports? You see, there's so many for, for Tom Brady. I think his main legacy is the fact that he was drafted in the sixth round, the 199th pick of the 2000 draft. Wow. Almost now, 200. Exactly. <laughs> so, in fact, what, he was expected to go in the second or third round of the draft. And by the time third round, fourth round, he wasn't picked. He actually walked away. Now, when he now joined the Patriots, he actually thanked the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, that if he didn't select me, I might have turned out to be an insurance salesman. <laughs> now, for me, Tom, Tom Brady's legacy is that the hard work and dedication pays. He's somebody that was overlooked. The 199th pick. The seventh quarterback in that draft. Mm. We, we wonder what happened to the other six. Other mm. six other backs that were chosen. We don't know them anymore. But Tom Brady, he says he lives, he drinks football. His first love is football. And we could see what he, what he has achieved. In fact, even in the first four years of his career, he had the, he had the, he had the Hall of Fame winning, Hall of Fame career already, winning three Super Bowls in four years as a starter. It's, it's just encapsulates everything. Mm. 600 t- career touchdowns. He, at 41, he changed team. Goes to the another conference, wins the Super Bowl. Mm. I I don't think anything can encapsulate that. Somebody once joked that if you have uh, it was Peyton Manning that said if you have a rule named after you, you have you did something great. <laughs> In the NFL, there's what you call the Brady rule. In 2008, uh, Brady was out for the whole season. In the game against the Chiefs, I think it was second or third week, um, one of the linemen was on the ground. Brady was going to throw the ball, and then the lineman hits him in the ankle, injuring his um, ACL. Now, NFL now came out with the rule that if a lineman is on the ground, he cannot hit the quarterback below the knee. So that's called the Brady rule. <laughs> now, so if you have a rule named after you, and definitely there are so many, in fact, Tom Brady is not yet in the Hall of Fame, but his jersey is already in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so what else can we say about him? Really, but what I would just want to, his legacy for me is that hard work and dedication does it all because even in the draft everybody comes every year just there this year who, who will be the Brady pick everybody's looking for 
that 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 player that that nobody rated much. Nobody rated that then he comes mm. to the NFL and then and does does, a, does a Brady, does so a Brady to exactly. You know, so you know th- when he was, I think his first year. I don't know whether it was first year at the Patriots. I happened to be in the United States, and my brother lives in Boston, so they bought the New Hampshire, Boston area. So he and his friend were having this argument. I remember it was Drew Brees that got injured. I mean, so Drew Blexo that got injured, and you know. Just like you said, I mean, I mean, he's talking about time and chance. He yeah. was not rated, and then he got picked by the New England Patriots. There was a, an established superstar quarterback who was already there, so he was backup. But Blexo got injured, and I remember that day. I still remember the conversation, and my brother's friend knee was like, "My brother was like, this Tom Brady boy looks very decent. If he gets into this team." Blesso may never have a look. And knee. his friend was like, what are you talking about? It's just going to be a stop gap. Once Drew Blesso gets back on his feet, taxes and all of that. And look at what happened. Blesso, I don't think ever got a look in. He had to leave. And Tom Brady never looked back. Yeah. So, picked. He was almost dropped. He was picked 199, like he said. He got into a team and he needed an injury to an established player. So, time and chance. Yeah, I mean, time and chance. But he's taking it all in his stride. Time and chance is very important. Uh, you have to seize the opportunity when it comes your way. Everybody loves the Cinderella story. This is the Cinderella story because at <laughs> being drafted 199 in the sixth round, I'm sure at the point they would have probably put off the phone, you know, probably yeah. moved on and probably be feasting whatever it is they are prepared for draft night and then the call comes in that, you know, and then you look at yourself and ask yourself, what am I going to do in this team? I'm drafted so far behind. Obviously, they don't need me. Mm. But then, he means that he kept working. He kept preparing. That, look, whenever the opportunity comes, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be ready. Hands. Mm. And that's what he did. And that's why he's come this far in his career that everybody's saying, you know, he's the greatest uh, quarterback of all time. He's had a lot of... And I think another thing that makes Brady quite... Special. If you look at the early years, we had the likes of Randy Moss, and then that changed to the likes of Antonio Brown, um, Gronk, Ron um, Hernandez. He's had different type of receivers. Yeah, receivers, mm. tight ends. You know, play with him, but the same output. The output remained the same. You know, delivery remained the same. He kept those numbers up, despite how much New England changed over the years. Yes, because yeah. obviously, mm. uh, Bill Belichick always yes. seemed to tweak his team, and of course, with the likes of uh, Hernandez, who had uh, legal troubles and all that, you know, they were able to tweak his team. But he remained the same guy, producing the same results. Many teams lose out. When the personnel changes, yeah, but he always maintained that level. And Adapt, moving adaptable. to mm. Tampa, the interesting about moving to Tampa is that a lot of the guys in Tampa were guys that were probably that given up on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anthony Brown being one of such people. Anthony Brown, Mike Evans. They've given up on a lot of them, but these were all guys who also felt that they had a point to prove. Yeah. And him also coming to that franchise, uh, looking at, look, I want to show people that I can go to another franchise and win a Super Bowl. Mm. That I think is the height 
of his greatness. Okay, buddy, quickly, um, you are in the United States right now. What has been the reaction to this uh, retirement of Tom Brady in the U.S. media? It has been mixed, AG. Um, while some are saying that it's about time he considers retirement, some are saying that, look, the fact is that this is this guy is shooting for the Hall of Fame and all that and all that. But one thing that is talking that is that everyone is in awe of what he has achieved and his talent. And then, like, uh, like, like Tosi said, I didn't realize that he had uh, numbers 1 to 10 until I, 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 I had all the numbers. And for me, to be picked almost at 200 and to achieve this much, I couldn't help but do a comparison between himself and Nadal. Yeah. And how they are share, the shape of, of their personality. Yeah. Tells us this that as human beings, all you need to do is believe in yourself. As a human being. believe in yourself, mm. anything is possible. <laughs> Even if you don't eat what you are what you are aiming for, yeah, you are better for it. For you are better for trying. Hmm. Fantastic. Uh, so, um, so see, um, Joe Montana, Joe Namath, Troy Aikman, John Elway, Brett Favre, Peyton and Eli Manning, legendary quarterbacks that came before okay. Tom Brady. What is it about Tom Brady that makes him? different from these guys and that makes his impact apart from the Super Bowl wins of course that makes his impact so huge and so transcendent across all the sports and even across and uh, beyond NFL you see one thing is it's his humility yeah we talked about uh, the when Patriots evolve you know when you're a star player you should be the highest paid player but in 2007-2008 when the Patriots wanted they wanted they had, they had the Super Bowl draft for about 3 or 4 years mm. Tom Brady actually took a pay cut to bring in the likes of Dante Stallworth Randy Moss and the likes fact is they went to see and know that season unfortunately they lost out in the, in the Super Bowl to, the, to the Eli, mm. to Eli Manning, Manning and yeah. the New York yeah, Jets yeah. unfortunately but it's just his humility and then we call him Mr. Clutch yeah when you need that play, when the when when the game is on the line, I'll tell you a story about his first Super Bowl win in the AFC Championship game. That was his first season. He just took over. He had an injury. He had to be taken out. Dribbleso saw the game. Patriots went to the Super Bowl against against the Rams. The Rams came back. One minute thirty seconds to go. The game was tied at seventeen. John Madden was the was the commentator. He yeah. said, "Oh, Patriots should just run the clock out and let's go to overtime." From his own 17-yard line, he drove it down to about the 30-yard line of the Rams. And then with seven seconds to go, Adam Vinatieri came, kicked a field goal, and that's how they got their first Super Bowl. What I'm just saying is that he's always there. I can't... There's so many games so I've many seen. So many examples, yes. So many games whereby I'll be like, no, Patriots have lost this Yeah, one. even the title they won with the box. Remember the how box, that went? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm like, so many times I'm like, Patriots have lost. In fact, I'm not a Patriots fan. Mm. I always like, why is this guy always completed? Pass after pass, <laughs> pass after, after pass. pass. I remember um, 2019 FC Championship game against the Chiefs. Mahomes was the bad. Everybody was like, over, this guy was just completing. I was like, do these guys don't have a defense? He would just, mm. so he's, he's Mr. Clutch. Any day, any time, Brady's reliable. Yeah, you talk about the likes of Joe Montana, Peyton Manning. Those, 
uh, Brady has always been there. He's really star reliable. It's fantastic. You know, we can go on and on this conversation. Um, we've mentioned two gentlemen now who have taught us certain things. The power of the mind. Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. And of course, we previously talked about Rafael Nadal. What? These were guys who had humble beginnings. Um, maybe Tom Brady more than Nadal because Nadal was seen as a youth prodigy. Tom Brady, you mentioned. But how they evolved, how they believed in themselves. You said, Mr. Clutch, both of them, you just saw Nadal put up a clutch, top clutch performance, two sets down in the final of uh, a Grand Slam. How many people can do that? And he's done that more than once. So, you know, it under it encapsulates what sports means to us as a people, as and what sports can do for every young boy or girl. It can turn your life around and um, even when people have given up on you, once you don't give up on yourself, so, yeah. there's always a chance. And I think that's a lesson to learn from today's podcast. We want to thank uh, Tom Brady. We wish him well for the future. We want to thank Rafael Nadal. We wish him well for the future. Two great careers. One has ended. One is ongoing. We don't know how it will end, but we hope it will end definitely. What, we, what he has achieved, his legacy, the last uh, Rafael Nadal, it is set. It's been a great podcast, not devoid of all the negativity that tends to happen. Very happy about that. Buddy, thank you very much. Go back, go back to bed. Have your sleepless night. Tosin, you will be back in two weeks, Tosin, because the Super Bowl will have taken place. So we want you back where we do Super Bowl and capture all the magic and all the essence. Super Bowl is actually on my bucket list. I have to attend one Super Bowl before Baba God calls me by the special grace of God. And I want to thank Yemi. And this way also for his insights. And most especially, I want to thank you for joining us on Sports Recency Podcast. Sports Recency Pod on Instagram and on Twitter is where you can reach us. The podcast drops by 12 noon every Thursday. You have the pod link. Just go and look for it and download and listen every Thursday. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. See you again next week. Bye-bye.